Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Just wanted to take a brief moment to give you guys a little idea how we do it here at Paddle and Fin Podcast. We use the Anchor.fm recording platform. Super easy, distributes our podcast to many, many different platforms. There's creation tools to allow you to record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. Check out anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. This is Bucky Buckstabber, founder and executive director of the Fly Fishing Collaborative. At the Fly Fishing Collaborative, also known as FFC, we mobilize the fly fishing community, outdoor enthusiasts, and people of goodwill everywhere to create sustainable solutions to poverty and human trafficking. We have many different initiatives to accomplish this goal, but our primary focus is building organic and environmentally friendly aquaponics farms for communities suffering from trafficking because of a lack of resource. If you're interested in funneling your passion for the outdoors to benefit those that need help the most, then visit flyfishingcollaborative.org. Josiah Pleasant, Executive Director of Agathos Village here, to specifically invite you to positively impact the vulnerable in Juneau, Alaska, in partnership with FFC. Bucky and I have been blessed to be a part of transformational impact abroad and are stoked to bring our lessons learned home to serve the marginalized. If it breaks your heart to know that the vulnerable are literally left out in the cold, don't have community, a home, or healthy food, join us to make a tangible impact by donating or making plans to volunteer with us. You can donate at www.flyfishingcollaborative.org and write Alaska in the notes to help us help others. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. Welcome to Paddle and Fish, the definitive 
podcast on Old Dean's Kayak. Your hosts are two longtime fishermen who decided to get into the kayak fishing world, and guess what? They're taking you along for the ride. So buckle in and welcome to Paddle Fish. Hello and welcome back to the Paddle and Finn podcast. I'm Brian. I'm not. Yeah, you're definitely not. (laughs) I knew that would throw you off. (laughs) You're like, wait, that's not normal. Well, I mean, you're not normal, so it's all good. This is true. So we got Jay Randall here. No rickets. No rickets rickets. racket. Don't have to listen to that racket tonight. But uh, we do have a very special epic guest for you guys tonight, Tanner Spidell. Am I am I pronouncing that last name right? You got it. All right, sweet, <laughs> sweet. Uh, Tanner resides in Iowa, correct? Bingo. Yeah, I've been doing a little bit of homework, man. Uh, Tanner's a big uh, pike fisherman, bass fisherman, adventurist, always doing something different. Uh, just a super cool cat, and we wanted to have him jump on here tonight and have a little conversation with us. Obviously, mentioning pike fishing, obviously Jay's got a little 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 bro crush on Tanner, so you know you're going to see that come out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm uh, flattered. Yeah, well, I don't know how flattered you should be about that, my man. <laughs> I mean, this is Jay Randall we're talking about, but uh, yeah, man. Uh, so we wanted to kind of dig into you and your story, what you've been up to, and things like that, man. So uh, we'll start out with the age-old question, you know, how you got into uh, fishing and kayak fishing in general. Well, uh, I've been fishing since I was like four years old, and fishing is really big in my family. But I get into kayak fishing about ten years ago now, and that's really all I've been doing since. Uh, and uh, I live in a really good area. I live right on the Cedar River, and the Cedar River is really good for bass, walleye, pike, and catfish. But, you know, for the past five or six years, all I've really cared about is northern pike. They're just a super fun fish to target. But uh, in the past six months, I took on fly fishing, and uh, just having the backing and knowing where the pike were regularly kind of helped me get into some big northern pike learning the fly rod so i got kind of blessed a little bit nice yep but i fish for a little bit everything but it's just pretty much toothy fish are all i really focus on the good old toothy critters this is why you and jay have so much in common you know trying to get that guy go catch a bass is pretty hard to do but understandable you know i mean uh there's something to be said about northern pike fishing i think it's a a species that kind of gets overlooked by a lot of bass fishermen, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think definitely what you're doing is a little different. You know, I've been friends with you for a, a little bit on Facebook, and, you know, I see all the stuff you're posting and things like that. Um, but, yeah, pike on a fly rod, I mean, let's let's jump into that a little bit. I mean, that's super interesting. That's not a, a, a common way to target them. I mean, what kind of spiked that interest in uh, pike well, fishing? Well, uh, I've always wanted to get into fly fishing. That's just like the next step of fishing. You know, all you really care about is does your presentation appeal to the fish? 
And uh, I get kind of lucky because I fish in a lot of crystal clear creeks. You know, it's typically the 500 feet between where the creek dumps into a river. There's that good blending spot, the mud line. And if you fish that area, you're always going to find a predator sitting inside of there. But, you know, I just wanted to fish for bass on a fly rod initially, but you know, I didn't want to miss out on northern pike fishing, so I fished for bass for about a week, and then I switched over to pike fishing, and it just blew up, but, you know, river fishing is really, really predictable, and uh, if the fish are, you, you have a good idea where the fish are going to be if you know your particular river. That's interesting. You know, I always think of it as the opposite. River, for me, is unpredictable. Oh in the lake, I can kind of predict a little bit more. So it's kind of interesting here in that aspect. Well, yeah. uh, you know, in my opinion, you're, you're right about that. Like if it's off, it's off <laughs> on a river. I mean, sometimes you can grind through it and catch a few fish, but it's just like the few golden days. If they're there, they're going to be there right. strong. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what you bring your GoPros for. Nice. I so what it. kind of, what kind of fly rod are you running? Like what's your, what's basically your setup? Right now, out there. well, right now I've got a St. Croix uh, Legend. Uh, it's a Legend Elite fly rod, just an eight weight, and that's amazing. And I also have a Mojo Bass fly rod, and uh, they're both eight weights. I want to step up to a 10 and a 12, but I just haven't wanted to drop that money in gear yet. Mm -hmm. But the eight weights worked well for me. Um, I was pretty much throwing as big a flies as I could with that rod. Nice. Are you tying your own flies? No, I'm not, but I will be. I, I will I will not spend any more money on flies. It's kinda, <laughs> you know, you know, I thought normal conventional fishing was expensive, but when I stepped over to fly fishing, it was just like everything is absolutely outrageous. But that's just the part of being in a niche sport. Sure, 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 sure. Well, especially big pike flies, you get a lot more material and things like that, man. I know that was a big thing when I was, uh, heavy in a trout fishing on a fly rod, you know, it's like buying a fly for two fifty three bucks when it costs, you know, 30 cents plus your time to make it. It's like no brainer, you know, but then you, you start going down that loophole where you start buying materials and more materials and more materials. Cause you're like, Oh, I might need that. I might need that. You know, <laughs> so, at the same time, you know, it's like, you know, but like you said, you could go, uh, you can go sit at a vice, tie up a dozen flies in a pattern that, you know, it's going to work for you and it's going to cost you a fraction of the price of what you can buy in retail, so to speak. So I that's dig right. It. I dig it, man. What yeah. kind what kind of, what kind of types of flies are you mainly running like streamers and well, uh, I'm using a lot of streamers, but, uh, I don't <coughs> know if you can see this very well. It's just a big mm -hmm. flash streamer. I mean, the more flash and the longer is better. And these actually have a clouser head on them, so made it a little easier for me to be a beginner and cast these things out. Yeah. I mean, I'm using a floating line, and uh, I couldn't quite get to the depths that I needed sometimes, so I was trying to use clouser eyes just so I could get a little bit deeper. And I actually was on a river trip. I was using little lead sinkers to help get me down a little bit because that water was really dirty that weekend. But... Um, I'm I'm not new to all the fly fishing, the, all the different fly names and everything, but I use a lot of game changers, and uh, using some stuff like like that yeah. really works. I, I lost. That's nice. Yeah. That does. That's actually just the little the weightless eyes, but you know if it's big and flashy, it's gonna catch a pike. There's really like one of the 
one of my favorite ones is this big devil right here, but I lost all the ones that had a tandem hook. So uh, now I know I need now I know what I need to tie when I finally get some materials. <laughs> are, are you using any of the predator flies? Um, <clears throat> like what do you mean by predator flies? Uh, it's a particular fly. I, I, I wish I had one I could show it to you. It's I'm I'm no master of all the flies either. I just know like some of the key pike ones that at least that are probably up here that work pretty good but it's pretty consistent with a you know it's like a fly about that big they're pretty bushy they got some like big eyes on them yeah but i'm sorry i'm pretty <clears throat> ignorant i'm pretty ignorant towards all this stuff still but if oh, i see fine. something that's big and flashy i'm just gonna pick up a half a dozen of them and hope for the best and <laughs> i haven't really been disappointed yet and actually a few of the flies that i have been buying got discontinued so it was just like that also forced me to want to make my own flies and i just want to throw stuff that's unique i don't a lot of the stuff i see it was like i don't understand why they made it like they did and sure there may be a purpose but i know i can make something a lot more simple and probably cheaper that'll work better for me yeah, yeah. but you know yeah. my my problem is here in iowa is there's like barely anybody that fly fishes and if they do they're probably fishing for trout or panfish right. me trying to f trying to find somebody to give me a little insight on what what i need to do it's hard to find i only have one good friend and he doesn't go pike fishing because if he gets poison ivy he goes to the hospital so he's not there in the main time of the season out chasing the pike where i am Ooh. he yeah, sticks with sticks with the trout in the winter time to, so he doesn't get poison ivy oh jeez <laughs> Well, I know during the winter, like me and Brian, like I'll go up and ice fish with them, and then when we did this like last year, like we would tie some some flies because I actually needed the education uh, on how to tie them too. Because you know, I, I think I did some like way back in the day. It didn't, you know, it didn't stick with me because I didn't like fly fish consistently. But then like uh, Brian showed me, it's super easy, it's so easy to tie flies. That's what's amazing about it is like. Why don't more people do it that are getting into this? Because it's like, it's so easy. It just, you know, I think it's the time maybe that needs to be vested. Yeah, there's a there's there's a little bit of a learning curve there for sure. I mean, you know, I, I'm for the most part self-taught and tying flies, but that was just, uh, you know, hours of YouTube videos and tying. It's all a repetitiveness, right? Like, tying the same patterns over and over and every time you tie that it gets a little bit better a little bit better a little bit cleaner and uh that's a big thing man i mean if if i was gonna offer up any advice it'd definitely just be just keep at it and just keep tying man i mean and uh i will throw one name out there which uh this gentleman mainly targets muskie in northern wisconsin up by the chippewa flowage uh, but his name is brad bowen and uh he he ties some pretty mean patterns and there's some videos out there of like some of those patterns being tied but a lot of those patterns can be carried over into the pike realm right pike musky somewhat similar um obviously his musky flies are going to be a little bit bigger but um i've definitely downscaled some of his stuff to to chase after some pike and things like that so um definitely definitely dig into that man and i saw you shaking your head when i said brad bowen and you were like oh, yeah, yeah i know <laughs> yeah I, I see brad in a bunch of the musky forums and stuff and yeah he does some unbelievable work but i can't believe how big some of those flies are i mean like the ones i showed you they're they're small compared to the musky yeah. realm but 
that's just uh i don't have a I don't have a fly rod big enough to toss that kind of flop yet. <laughs> yeah, I think the last last I saw, he was tossing like an 11, 11 or 12 weight saltwater rod or something like that. Because there isn't really anybody that's making like a, um, and, and this could be totally wrong, you know, from the last time I actually looked into it, but a, a designated musky type fly rod, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I know that was like his struggle as he crossed over um, and went after some of those bigger salt fly rods that guys are using for tarpon and things like that um, and figured it would work in the, in the freshwater realm for, for the big skis. So um, kind of interesting interesting how he's kind of developed that whole thing of you know his end of chasing toothy critters so oh yeah certainly i mean musky fishing musky fly fishing is just a small small crowd of people yeah. it's just mm-hmm. diehard anglers so for a company to actually produce a musky line of fly rod i mean it'd have to be ha- have some serious interest i mean i'm looking at some st croix saltwater fly rods right now and i know they'll be exactly what i need to do the trick but you know, it's cool to see all the custom rods that these guys are making to chase, you know, yeah. big musky with a 10 to 12 weight. Yeah, heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I know. I know I was kind of pushing the limits with my 8 weight. I was, you know, tying. I tied some crazy stuff. I think stuff that's not even supposed to be thrown on an 8 weight. And once in some of that material, man, once it collects water, it gets so heavy. Oh, yeah. It, it just gets so hard. And then. Man, to hear that thing whip by your ear a couple times, it's like <laughs> you're like, whoa! You're like, man, now I know why you gotta wear. <clears throat> they tell you like, make sure you wear like you know uh, glasses and make sure it's not going by your ears, because man, I don't want to get a piercing like on the water. <laughs> oh, funny. certainly. Uh, I went on a couple of float trips this summer, and uh, I only took a fly rod, one fly rod with me, and uh, it was extremely windy in my back, so casting. Oh every cast you'd hear that fly whizzing by and i got clipped once but oh dude you know know, conventional fishing i mean you can cast anywhere you want to i mean if you got stuff over your head you got to worry about it but fly fishing you got to like what's back there what do you got to worry about snagging into or and it just baffles me when i see a couple guys fly fishing on a boat or something it's like those guys have to be coordinated or somebody's gonna have a a hook on them heck yeah man yeah, you have to wear have to wear some eye protection. Well, I do anyway. I don't. <laughs> yeah, oh, I do. Yeah. Shit, I'm, I'm like, man, I want to wear like start wearing a helmet. <laughs> like <laughs> just, those couple times, dude, having that. I mean, it was windy, you know, conditions again, and I was kind of pushing the limits of the, you know, of the actual rod itself, and yeah, <laughs> just that <laughs> that noise just going by the ear. It's like it's startling. You're like you're like, and I know what kind of hooks are on there because I tied the damn thing. It's like. That's going to hurt if that hits me. Oh. <laughs> no doubt about it. That's yeah, funny. I, I think you'll do good at it, man. Because like like, we were talking before, you had like some very specific colors that you want to tie and, you know, and, and like an idea of the ones you want to, you know, I guess arrange. Um, so, I mean, that's half the battle right there is knowing what to throw. Oh, there's pretty much... I have two colors that just confidence colors. I use fire tiger patterns or just something with silver in it. Like makes no difference to me. Pike are really for dig- forgiving. I mean, they're not going to come up there and stare at your lure like a muskie would. They're just going to come 
the best thing about Pike is they'll come hit once to check out what it is. Mm-hmm. You might you might miss them. You cast right back out there, and there it is again. Yeah. Like yeah. Pike are so forgiving that it's just amazing. And like I told Jay before, you you know you miss one. Oh, turn the GoPro on. Yeah, ca- cast out there, then you you get it. So it's just yeah. Pike are forgiving, but you know I spent all all I spent two and a half months this fall trying to catch a giant muskie conventionally. And uh, I literally had 50 follows in that two and a half months. And I could just not get these musky, musky to commit to me. But next year, I think I'm going to spend some time trying to fly fish for them and see if I can turn over a musky in the fly rod, Heck which yeah. would just be a life goal completed. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's something to be said with, uh, you know, I used to talk about this a lot back in the day. There's something to be said when you catch a fish on a, on a fly you tie yourself mm-hmm. you know like yeah you're going with this more like non-traditional or conventional style of fishing that's just i don't know how to describe it man like in words but it's it's something different and definitely unique and i mean i know i got fly rods that i've i've uh you know made myself so basically i'm, I'm catching a fish on a rod i made on a fly i made and you know, the only thing I didn't make was the reel or the fly line. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of kind of unique, kind of cool, right? Like, that's just something you don't hear about, dude. So, I mean, kudos to you, man. I mean, musky, musky that, that's a busket, bucket list, you know, fish for me on a fly rod for sure. And, and that all stems back to, you know, discovering Brad Bowen and what those guys are doing and stuff like that. And which, what totally boggled my mind is... Um, couple weeks ago uh i did a little thing with james Macbeth on here and he actually won uh one of the musky fly fishing tournaments down in tennessee against brad bowen and some of those sticks and you know we were talking about that and he's just like yeah i don't know buddy of mine gave me a fly rod and i just went out and everybody went that way i went this way and i knew that the (laughs) fish were going to be there and you know i caught fish so it was kind of cool but, uh, yeah, but James has talked to me about that before too, and I always just was looking up to him for being able to do that. But yeah, he's yeah. a good guy. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. Yeah, it was kind of funny. He's like, yeah, it really wasn't my thing, but you know, I got invited to go down, and uh, it just worked out. <laughs> you know, wasn't it for like the world world championship muskie thing yeah, too? It was world. just had a big title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think they only did it for like two years or something. Then uh, I, I believe James was saying that uh, I don't know something something fell through or there was a falling out somewhere or something along those lines. I don't I don't know the specifics of it, but they haven't recently done it again. Um, hmm. I think they did do one, or they do one up up in the Hayward, Wisconsin area every year. But I don't think it's like the World Championship. It's just a big musky fly fishing tournament or something. Yeah, I saw that as well. I don't remember the title of that tournament, but another big caliber musky fly fishing tournament. Yeah. I could see Tanner taking the title. I mean, what do you say, man? Oh, Are yeah. you going after it or what? <laughs> I need a lot of practice first. But, uh, <laughs> dude, you know, it's okay It's okay to be a hack, dude. We can get it done. <laughs> see, those guys are super... 
they're so fortunate up there because they have all those places that must have been forever. Yeah, yeah. You know, down here in Iowa, they're just stock. They don't naturally mm. reproduce here, and they are so pressured. But every time I go up to Wisconsin fishing those rivers, I end up seeing a couple of big muskie. Well, I'm fishing for smallmouth, and it's just kind of like an eye opener. Like, boy, I should be, you know, chasing those muskie. But, you know, I didn't even think that there were muskie in those places when I first started going up there. I mean, sure, you'd see the muskie on muskie on the wall of every bar up there, but you wouldn't think that, oh, that river right there is what's full, full of muskie. But I'm a little, I, I, I caught onto that one quick. Heck yeah, man. That's the evolution, man. It's, it's exactly where you're going. Would you stop, <clears throat> you know, after the pike, like move on up and start hitting? I mean, I want to too. I mean, it's, it, you know what it was for me i think too is i just couldn't devote i just couldn't get away from the conventional stuff and i ended up fishing for a lot of bass this year so like i envied everything you posted this year because uh, i was just like oh he's doing it he's out there doing it i'm like oh well was... <laughs> thank you very much it, you know i i bought most of my fly stuff last winter and i was just kind of like after mushroom hunting season was over, that was my plan to get into fly fishing in general. And uh, it took me a little bit longer, but as soon as I got into it, it was just head over heels. I mean, I sold eight rods and a bunch of fishing gear just to like keep getting funds to blow on flies and everything. But, you know, it's hard. just fly fishing is so expensive, like we talked about that. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh goodness, I'm gonna get a new reel and a, a the bare bones one's like 150 bucks. And if you want to oh, get yeah. something semi decent, it's three four hundred dollars. And boy, I'm not used to having to dish no. out that kind of dime for reels. Yeah, sure. Just just a reel without very many mechanisms too. So it just kind of baffles me. But but all the stuff is typically made in the United States and really nice. So it's you, you get what you pay for. Right on, man. So when when you're out uh, fly fishing for pike and stuff, are you mainly wading or are you floating in your kayak? Well, uh, you know, I use my kayak just to get to spots where I can walk to a lot, but I fly fish off my kayak a lot. And uh, that took me a little bit to figure out. I mean, I have a Jackson Kayak Mayfly, so it's already perfect for fly fishing. But with all my little knickknacks in the kayak, I had to pretty much figure out how to eliminate everything so I didn't Mm -hmm. have my fly line getting caught in anything. Because I just real, I mean, fly fishing, just you have to think about so much more. Like, where's my line going? And I potentially should have had a stripping basket or something, but I just didn't know any better at first. But, um I'd kayak to a spot, wade, then kayak to another spot and kind of fish in between, but it's pretty much half and half with that. Okay. Um, I mean, it was definitely easier to learn fly fishing on the ground before taking it to kayak fishing, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm usually standing in my kayak anyway, so it wasn't too hard to figure it out. Very cool. Very cool, man. Um, So you you said just mainly using the mayfly when you're out paddling? Yeah, I mean, that's all I've used for this season, and I absolutely love it. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to buy another kayak next year just because this kayak works for me. Yeah. I mean, it's a a little heavy. I mean, I always wish my kayaks were heavy every single one I've had, but it's just every day loading it up and taking it down a trail just takes a toll, but, you know, it's worth it. It's just part Mm -hmm. of the game. That new U-Pick, man, might be a sweet little rig just because it's so bare bones, you know? Oh, tell me about it. That and the new Kilroy HD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've always, yeah. always, always, always wanted a Kilroy. Then they make the HD, and 
Yeah. You know, Jackson Kayak does a good job of always making kayaks that you want. Like, just I can't deny that. <laughs> and, and you and you got to think too, man. That that uh, Kilroy HD, that whole front, you know, no frills, <clears throat> open cockpit is, you know, perfect and specific for fly fishing. Oh, certainly. I mean, it, it would work great. I I just want to get on one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and there, you know, here's the thing too that. I found super interesting about your setup is that you're not running any leaders of any kind while I'm using some of the tieable tough leaders. You know, I've even been, you know, I've even tried throwing a little floral like for more of a clear water uh, presentation, but take us into that. Like, so here's me who's used, you know, we both fish with the same fish. I have found that I have had more of my lures inside, you know, with the teeth rubbing up on the line. Um, obviously, you know, you can survive with braid and stuff like that. But w- how are you getting away with this is what I'm really trying to ask. Well, <laughs> when I'm fly fishing, I use a leader. I'm using a – I either use like a 60-pound fluoro or I've okay. got some – some uh, Rio makes this product. It's like steel bite or something of that nature where I'll yeah. use like a 20 to 40-pound – little stretch and that stuff's amazing because you can knot it just like you would anything else but and when i conventional fish i'm just power fishing all the time i'm never really finesse fishing for pike so typically they're just coming up and grabbing the back end and i i can almost count the time count the amount of times that i've ever used a steel leader while fishing for pike i mean i just they don't break me off plus i'm using super line that's anywhere from 30 to 65 pounds typically so gives me a little bit more of a advantage of not breaking off Okay, so I misunderstood you then about fly. I thought I, I was like, dude, how is he not using with the no. fly? Okay, <laughs> one day, one single day, I went fly fishing without a leader on. I was just going for big bass. Oh, probably the one of the biggest pike of the season comes and breaks me off. The yeah. one time I didn't put a leader on, so okay. I learned my lesson with that one. But yeah, you misunderstood a little bit, but still, conventional fishing, I don't use a leader. Gotcha. Musky fishing is different. Like I'm not taking that chance, but yeah. Northern Pike, they they never typically get me. See, yeah, I mean, you know, I guess just after you know over time, I've just gotten used to it, you know. So I'll throw. I've even tied my own floral leader leaders these days. Um, you know, very typical of like a steel leader with the swivel and the the bear, you know, the ball bearing and everything. Yep. Uh, or the bearing swivel rather, but I mean, you know, even like my PB. I was on a number five MEPS and that thing was in the back of its throat with my line just grinding across the leader. So like I've learned to really appreciate what it does, but I've also learned Pike can be line shy. People like, I mean, as voracious <laughs> as they are, it's like, I have missed dude. And I know Brian's laughing because <laughs> I know because of Wisconsin, but like I was mm. missing fish too. And I figured it out. It was cause you know, I was not using, you know, clear line, smaller presentations, but they just would, they would come up and just follow it. And I know it's because that damn leader, man, they just would not bite. (laughs) See, I feel like I have that problem with musky fishing, but here I don't think the pike give, give a darn about it. I mean, I've seen smallmouth come up and eye my stuff when I have a leader on like fly Mm -hmm. fishing, but the pike, I don't think that they're so focused on hitting that thing. They don't really care. They're like, but, hold my beer. I mean, I mean <laughs> and I am in Iowa, so the pike are probably like not like they would be 
at a destination place. I mean, they'll take what they can get, more or less, is what I'm saying. Gotcha. So, but uh, we're just blessed to have a lot of pike here, so I'm definitely not going to take it for granted. Yeah, yeah, I know. Next year, I'm definitely coming out to see you. Hey, I, I've always, always told you that you can always come here and fish for pike. I know, I know. No, th- you know what? Hey, I, I'm going to come Jay- visit you. I'm visiting Vincent Andreas next year. Like we're gonna, we're gonna get into some, you know, into some musky down there. You know where he is. I mean, down south. I mean, I'm all over it, dude. I'm coming out. Jay Jay's one of those You're guys ready. where you could lead a horse to water, but it just doesn't mean he's gonna drink. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> he's coming around though. He's coming around. He's you coming know, out of, I, I just gotta stop going to Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> Sturgeon. Hey, the last time Jay and I fished, we both caught hundreds of bass. In a yeah, day, so. I heard about that. I mean, man. We got. I, heard about I mean, that. that was a destination fishery, but we had okay. a good time. Everything was just, the timing was right and yeah. perfect time of the year. Fish Heck were yeah. hungry and we slammed yeah. it. We had the lake to ourselves too, for the most part. Yeah, and, and that is su- super rare for that place. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're not. He gonna tell you what it is, by the way. He, he told me about that place, man, and I looked it up and I was like, "Ooh, this is sexy. Yes, oh, it's yeah. super sexy." Oh, oh, dude, oh, the yeah, trees, yeah. man. The trees. <laughs> it's it's nuts. Yeah. Like how you can be kayaking in a forest yeah oh certainly and you can like fish every freaking angle of all these trees because they could be like on one side that you're not fishing and yeah oh it's just crazy dude it's amazing like how deep it is too yeah oh certainly there's just so much space to fish that you don't you'll you'll never fish that entire lake in your life if you wanted to yeah i still i still want to hit that one side like the you know as we came off the launch and that whole right side yeah. Like I, I didn't even fish any of that back there. I well a, a smidge, but I mean way back there, I totally missed out. Funny story about that lake a few years ago is I'm there with my biggest bass stuff. I'm throwing like my musky rod just to throw some of these topwater baits that I'm throwing, and uh, I get to a spot and it's pretty clear. And I look down and I see some of the biggest hybrid bluegill I've ever seen in my life. Where I'm just like, holy smokes, look at those things. You know, I didn't have anything in my kayak that was small enough for those <laughs> sunfish, but I drove I drove home that day, came back the next day, the weather changed and they were gone. Oh, so man. like oh. oh, so every time I go to that place I take a panfish rod just because of that. I'll never let that happen to me again. It was just one of those freak things that you saw it and you missed it and you just gotta hope that you see it again someday. You know, that's one thing I gotta say about you, man, is you're driven. Um I mean, leaving the lake and coming back the next day because you're not like close to there, but you're close enough. Yeah, it's like two hours from my home, pretty much. Yeah. And uh, this summer, this I've had a, the weirdest fishing season ever. Um, you know, I went for northern pike in the spring, then I started trying to go for smallmouth bass and did okay. And I went to fly fishing for pike, and then I went to musky fishing. It was like total backwards year for me i missed out on like farm pond fishing and like fall river fishing i totally just passed up and Hmm. i'm still kind of shooting myself in the foot for that but i learned so much about musky fishing this fall that you know hopefully i can take that into next year and start hooking into some of the big musky but it's just been a a lot of lessons learned this year and pretty much Hmm. all the hard hard way so (laughs) just rolling with the punches here yeah i feel you my year was kind of like that too yeah, I mean, I, I was really gonna. I wanted to dedicate 
more time to fly fishing, you know, for an especially really just for pike, you know, bass was a very secondary. And then I ended up fishing. Well, my river was blown out like most of the year. Um, I didn't actually, I didn't go on it once. Yeah. Uh, because anytime I had a chance, it was running way too high or a lot higher than I like to go on there. Like, in a, cause I know where the fish are and you know how it is. Water gets higher. They move. You know, to a certain extent, they, they end up going and cruising around and then fighting the currents and all that good stuff. So I ended up f- fishing lakes a lot this year, and I fished for bass almost the whole year, which was crazy. But I was like, whatever. I mean, I like fishing for bass. I don't hate it, you know, but I was just like, man, you know, and again, not committing to the uh, fly fishing like I really wanted to. You know, I was like, man, I wonder if I missed out. I mean, it's, you know, I feel like I really should have made the effort to find other places. Of course, I'm by Chicago and and we have I mean the Displains River is loaded with pike, but I have to go find like the Fox River's got pike, but there's more musky in the Fox River, you know, so it's like Yeah. And I don't know the Fox. I know the Displains, but only portions of it. You know, so that's another thing cuz you know how that is, you got to go learn a river and figure out, you know, where there's holes and you know, where there's other, you know, other uh, you know, confluences and I mean, it's just, you know, it's an interesting thing and I'm making excuses, but, you know, I really should, I really should have just got out there more and I just didn't. Well, uh, I would have fly fished for pike. Up, I'd, I'd still be fly fishing for pike right now, but, you know, the river was blown up here as well. And we've been dealing with those fluctuating levels, just like you guys over there have been, but the river was screwed up. So I started musky fishing, started seeing musky, then I couldn't back away from musky fishing. I just wanted to keep <laughs> on that task and. You know, I did get rewarded one day musky fishing. I caught two musky and two casts. Granted, they were both on probably like less than 34 inches, but, you know, it was just neat. Still, I yeah. caught one. I really didn't didn't even take a lot of GoPro footage with them because mm-hmm. they were just little babies. But caught one, threw it back, casted. It was almost instantly there. And that was, you know, that was a once-in-a-lifetime sort of thing. So that was my only sort of reward for the whole musky fishing. But other than just seeing a bunch of muskie, but you know, it's every year I'm praying like, Oh river, please stay stable. This <laughs> no, year, dude. Don't. And God, you know, the rain we get, um, we're always breaking records with the amount of rains and the flooding yeah. that we get here. And like the, I I've already been reading the projections for the flood this coming spring and everything's mm-hmm. super saturated right now. So if we get a lot of snow this winter, we're already like looking forward to another flood. So just keeping our fingers crossed and hoping everything kind of plays out and make we can get some fish in the river next year. But, yeah. you know, if I was on a boat, it might be a little bit different story. But just kayak fish in the river, when it's high, you, you pretty much have to stay away from there. You're either going to be mm-hmm. putting yourself in danger or just kind of like wasting time. But yep. kayaking just for fun isn't a bad thing either. But Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <do. laughs> Well, when it's flooded, break out the whitewater kayaks and you know, yeah, no kidding, just, just rip away. <laughs> it's like, it, like we get like fast moving chocolate milk here. We don't really yeah. get whitewater. <laughs> That's how it is here, man. That's how it is here, for sure. You could take out that Tupelo, man. Get all hardcore oh, with it. I love that Tupelo. A kayak. I know you do. Hold over your head and walk down to the take it someplace, but and you know they. You don't see anybody really fishing out of recreational kayak. I mean, you do see people fished out of rec boats, but they're not like taking it seriously or they're just like 
people that are just starting, but I started in a rec boat and I'll still take a rec boat out any day. Heck I mean, yeah. you're limited, limited to what you can take, but still, yep. I mean, you can cruise. Yep. And, uh, this week I actually have to take my rec boat out and Matt brush over to local lake with my new depth finder. So when I go to ice fish, I got everything already on nice. my GPS. <laughs> yeah. A little nice. recon. Heck yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, speaking but, of which, man, I know you're a big ice fisherman. We're, we're coming upon the season, man. Um, so what do you what do you usually target in when you're out ice fishing? First season for like the first month, I'm just after largemouth bass, and uh, I've already ice fished one day this year. We had five days five days where it got really cold, and we got three inches of super clear fine ice, and I made it out there. And then the next few days it was warm, and it wiped out the ice. So I actually got out there, caught some small fish, but you know I just like targeting largemouth bass the first while, and I'm just staying at farm ponds and local lakes i really don't go awful too far to fly or ice fish that's crazy you already got out oh my god oh i was the only person in my neck of the woods that did (laughs) well at least you're not like the idiot out here who tried to drive on the ice (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what what, like what goes through someone's head (laughs) i've never driven i've driven on ice with snowmobiles and four-wheelers but i'll never take my truck out there i'm sorry but yeah Oh, you've never driven on ice? Not, I'm in like, I'm in like the bottom section of the ice belt. I mean, sure, they get a little ice down in northern Missouri, but up, I'm, we're, we're to the tail end of the ice belt. I'm not going to be taking my pickup out there. (laughs) Well, it's crazy, man. Like I, I tell people all the time about when I go up to Mille Lacs, you know, a good friend of mine's got a, got a, one of those fancy ice shacks. It's like a camper trailer that lowers onto the ice and uh we go out to three mile reef it's a three mile ride offshore whereas like you get (laughs) out of that thing you can't see shore it's crazy dude but there's like little towns and villages out in the middle of a freaking huge lake it's crazy it's like that movie uh grumpy old men you know Mm -hmm. where where they got just like a little town set up out there it's it's nuts Isn't I take my. The, isn't that I the take, one with the bar that they they make they erect like this bar out there? Isn't that on Mille Lacs? Yeah, they have the ice bar. I mean, they have. Yeah. A, you're, I you're talking about that like ice igloo bar that they have. Yeah, yeah, they, it's like inflatable, like but it's like a full fledged bar inside with like it. You know, they have like you know tables and I mean it's nuts. I've seen pictures of it, but yeah, yeah, they they fish in there. You can like drink yeah. and fish, drink and fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's like, places what? like that all over in Minnesota, it, man. It's like, what the <laughs> hell's going down here? You go into the bar and like, hey, there's holes in the floor. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be sounds like a good time. Oh, dude, uh, I remember I caught a huge pike up there. What two years ago? It was you know probably thirty six inches through the ice, man. Just healthy fat. That's- that's awesome. You know, we were just, we were catching, uh, I think we were catching walleyes at the time. And then all of a sudden they just like shut off. <laughs> like, what the hell's going on? And then you just seen this huge mark on the depth finder, man, on the Vexlar. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> you know, drag ripping. And, uh, yeah, it, that's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. My my buddy caught like a 68 inch uh, sturgeon when he was on Millilax. Nice. Through the ice. 
Yeah. Jesus. And he was using the same rod that we were catching bluegill with the weekend before, but he caught this sturgeon on it. And like, I'll never be able to catch anything ice fishing that'll even compare to my good buddy's fish that he caught. Right, right. <laughs> Can't crazy. even imagine it. How long did it take to bring up? I think it took him like 45 minutes. Yeah. So it wasn't that awful long, but, you know, he thought he had, he didn't know what in the world he had at first, but he soon figured it out. But all of a sudden his vexillar just blacked out in the bottom. Then he had a big fish. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> yep. awesome. That's awesome. Well, they got, the, they got some crazy fish up there too. They're called, uh, tulipies, I think. Yep. And, uh, we've caught those things, man. Those are fun. You get into a school of those things. And you just slam them, and uh, isn't isn't that like a white fish? Isn't that yeah, yeah, same thing? yeah. It's kind of like a white fish. A lot of folks will smoke them, and and the meat almost turns into like this paste. And folks will put it on like crackers with cheese and stuff, and they call it fish mm. crack. Yeah. <laughs> Look at yeah. his face is when he's like, "Yeah, that sounds great." Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about that. yeah. I don't know. I've never had it. I've caught the tulipies, but I've never had the smoked fish. But. uh yeah, it's it, that's fun, man. You get into a huge school of those, and it's just nonstop action. As soon as you can get your bait on there, and the, and they fight, dude. They fight good. Well, any action out on the ice is good because sometimes yeah. you're just sitting there, just like half, yeah, like half <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> fighting, yeah. fighting off the sleep for sure, or taking a nap, and then next thing you know, you're waking up to your rod halfway down the hole. You know, had yeah. that happen. I'm telling you, Tanner, like you ought to come up and. I'm going to go ahead and extend Brian's uh, hospitality. <laughs> you get, you should come up here and go hang out with me and Brian up on his lake, dude. It's a lot of fun. Heck yeah. I would. I like it's, fishing. I'll it's a pleasure. lot of fun, man. Yeah. The pike are abundant, dude. Like tip-ups. You can probably jig for them. Jay likes to fish for them with hot dogs. I do. See, I'm a, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a one-rod type of guy. When I'm ice fishing, I'm only using one rod. Yeah, like, I used to use a couple of rods, but I can't. You know, you have a fish on one, then you miss one here. I just focus yeah. all on one. Yeah. And I was doing tip downs last year with rods, and uh, that was just because ice was super clear. And if you made any movement, you'd spook anything below you. And I was yeah. only fishing in like four or five foot of water, but that's where all the big bass were. <laughs> but, what are you mainly fishing for the bass uh, uh, when you're I ice fish fishing? Farm ponds and local lakes around here. I mean, I know I'm like the back of my hand. Plus, I know that my farm ponds have some monster bass in there, and I just like fishing for them. They're actually pretty smart. But What are you using I'll, for baits, though, is what I was getting at. Sorry, man. Um, I'm using literal, uh, creek chubs that are anywhere from 6 to almost 10 inches long. Okay. I mean, you get bigger the bait, the bigger the bass. Otherwise, I'm using, like, big Swedish pimples or vibratos or, I mean, you can, there's a lot of different stuff, but just something big and semi-realistic. Sure. I don't like using anything too outlandish looking when ice fishing for bass. It seems like they'll kind of know the gig pretty quick if you're using something bright. But sure, sure, sure. I don't know. Um, I just like sticking to places I know, and I don't like a lot of people out when I'm ice fishing. I like to just kind of be out there, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. all by myself. I just Have your freedom. Kinda, yeah, my uh, rest, my <laughs> just my calm place to be and relax. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. I can <laughs> dig that. You fishing out of a shack? Um, yeah, I take a shack. I only use that when it's really bad outside. I hole hop so much that you can't drag your shack around. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I'll literally go when I go someplace, I'll go way before the sun comes up, put like 80 holes out there, you know, keep checking with my Vexi, find the fish, then set up on that area. And then, you know, after prime time, you know, after a couple hours after the sun comes up, then I'll really start running around and chasing them. But I just like hole hopping. Like, yeah. But uh, my 10, I got the Clam's best single person 10. It's like the team xlt or something thermal and it is amazing yeah, you turn yeah. your heat turn your heater on for like less than a minute and you're in your t-shirt and comfortable and re- yeah yeah retains its heat pretty good that's awesome that's awesome yep i dig it man yeah I've, i'm running uh oh, i just got that new shake last year um <laughs> i'm drawing a blank it's not a clam Otter. Blue, blue and gray. Yeah, otter. Yeah, I think so. I yeah. believe so. Super high seats. Nice and comfortable <laughs> for us tall guys, you know? So, very cool, man. So, yeah. uh, what, what do you... Go ahead, Jay. You got a question? Oh, I was going to say it was very comfortable. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not It's not like Scotty Purr's, you know, palace on wheels, but oh, yeah. it's, it's all good. <laughs> See, Dude, I'm, I'm telling you, Tanner, you do not know... I mean, I didn't ice fish in this thing. We, we spent like the summer in it, but this thing has air conditioning, and he it has a oh, it, it is like a cedar cabin on the inside. It is amazing. And it's got Just holes amazing. in the floor, dude. Yeah, you got rattle then, reels that you set up at night when you're sleeping, so you wake up to the reels going off and pull up a walleye and crawl back into bed and go to sleep. Dude, it is amazing this thing. I Tanner's drooling right like, now. <laughs> I, know. I could look, I could, I could live in that thing year round and that'd be all I'd ever need. So. Yeah, Dude, right, right, right. You truly could. It is amazing. It's just it blew my mind that shit like stuff like this exists. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like one of the reasons I kayak fish is because I can carry my kayak. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't want a boat because I'm always by myself. If I were to get stranded on a river in a boat, you know, it's a different story, but my kayak, you know, sure. there's stuff you can do or carry your kayak on the bank and walk for help. But if you get stranded in your boat, it's just a different story, but I like to be self-sufficient mm-hmm. like ice fishing. I like to have a tent that I can actually carry. Some of the new tents nowadays are like 150 pounds and winter time with all your gear in there, trying to get 200 pounds into your truck when it's cold outside. Yeah. Uh, it's not, not fun, especially yeah. by yourself. But. Totally agree. Yeah. Well, even to that, I mean, to kind of branch off of ice fishing, like, you know, uh, with the light gear you're using, you usually travel or I've seen at least a lot of the time with your dirt bike. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, I've got my, my klr kawasaki klr 650 it's a big dirt bike but yeah i have a rod holder for that and uh, i've taken all sorts of road trips and went trout fishing on that bike i put over 500 miles one weekend and that was pretty much all on just gravel roads i was trying to see how much back back country i could actually hit in that bike but that was a great time problem was i never i i tried to go pike fishing take a motorcycle trip to go pike fishing but all the rivers were extremely flooded and Mm. that was north of me two and a half hours and i didn't that water eventually came down here but i went up there to pike fish everything was blown out i worked my way back home then it was finally burnt out blown out here too so it was just like oh it was a fun motorcycle (laughs) trip but it was very unsuccessful fishing (laughs) what do you do it was still a good time yeah heck yeah man 
Heck yeah. Anytime you can get out on a bike and just travel the backcountry, man, that that alone's an adventure for sure. All my camping gear and my foods on my bike, so if I see a spot to stay, I'm staying there. That's awesome. That's that's camp. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah, man, it's like I'm just not I'm just not there. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like I, I like I'm like kinda there, but like it's gotta be with the truck and some stuff. <laughs> No, it's it's a unique way to travel though. I thought it was kind of cool, just because you know how much it would probably offer versus like a car or a truck. Sure. You know the places you can get on a motorcycle, especially a dirt bike. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know when you go on a fishing or camping trip, and you know you know exactly what you need when you're there. You're like, oh, I forgot this, this, and that, and I screwed up big time. Like motorcycling is like you got somewhere to like, oh. I really wish I would have had that right now because I'm in trouble. Like, you just you just gotta think about all the you gotta think about the details a little bit more, and that's just like back to fly fishing where you really have to think about, you know, what's behind me, what's around me, what are the what's the hatch right now. There's just so much more to think about. Heck yeah, yeah, a lot more goes into that than than you would think. You know, it's like. Uh... You know, I work part time for a kayak shop, but we do a lot of like a lot of hiking and camping trips, you know, and it's like if you're going to hike the AT, man, you know, the Appalachian Trail and you forget something, you're pretty much screwed, you know. So it's kind of the same thing, man. You got to go through that checklist like three or four times. Otherwise, yeah, you could be in some pretty rough situations for sure. Yeah, you gotta. That'd be a little, a little tricky. Yeah. But there's a lot of places I can stop on that trail. I've done some re- research on that too, and people always have a bunch of stuff cached somewhere on that trail. Where they yeah, 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 yeah. Find something. For sure. Got, for sure. You got any funny stories in your travels out there? Anything unique <laughs> worth sharing? Oh goodness, I don't. I cool thing we camped out on a. The Friday, the last Friday, full moon on a Friday the 13th this year that we're going to see in like 40 or 50 years or it was something like that. And uh, the fishing was just, the pike fishing the next day was just amazing. So we that was kind of cool, but I don't know. So much happened this year. I can't really think about anything funny that happened. <laughs> no, I was all thinking you're going to tell us like, you know, with the full moon, you're like, and then there were sounds in the woods and we heard crackle, you know, it's like, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, and the pike fishing was great the next day. Um, like, <laughs> there's no bears around here. So I'm not, if I hear something busting through the woods, I'm not really thinking about it. And I love hearing all that creepy stuff out there. So especially when you're by yourself, it was like, huh, what was that? I don't yep. know. I'll, I'll just yell back to it and see if it replies. But, yeah. <laughs> but camping here though, when I'm on the rivers, I'll literally just find a spot to camp on the side of the river and that's my camp for the night. I don't know where I am or, you know, who's around me, but there's nobody ever around usually. Like you very, very seldom see anybody. So it's just you on the river and that's, you know, how I prefer to be. I mean, that's kind of one thing that keeps me in Iowa is just the lack of pressure on so many places. But you know what it is, is people take a lot of these places for granted. Like, oh, go pike fishing in Iowa. I'll go to Canada. And mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, go to Canada. I'm going to have fun right yeah. here. Yeah. Like, I'm fine with that. And, yeah. You know, it's just anywhere you go, people take stuff for granted. And it's just like, go enjoy it because a oh, lot yeah. of people don't. Oh, yeah. I, I actually met somebody once that was like, Huffing at the the prospect of again 
fishing for like pike or musky, big fish, you know, Canadian, you know, fishermen, American though, and then scoffing freshwater in the States. And I'm like, what are you talking about? There's tons of great fishing. He's like, yeah, I just don't really see, you know, wasting the time. Like you're nuts, dude. He's like, this guy only fishes freshwater in Canada, but never in the States. Well, I'm like, like, I'm like, what's wrong with you? I'm just taking it for granted. I mean, that, yeah. okay, thank you. You made a, you left yeah. a bunch of free places to fish for the rest of the people here. But yeah. you know, what do you do? People just think that that's like the best place to fish. And certainly, there's good fishing there, but there's a lot here too. So oh, yeah. you got to you got to go seek out for it. Mm. Yep. Yeah, it's it. a, you know, there's a lot of folks in this area. They're always going up to Canada to catch walleyes, and they'll come back, and it's like, how big, how big of fish you catch? Oh, like a 26, 25 and a half. I'm like, dude, I catch 26 like all day long on Green Bay. Like, why the hell would you like travel hours and thousands of dollars to go catch short walleyes for a week when you could have traveled three hours, three and a half hours oh. to like just bang huge, huge walleyes for, for a fraction of the cost, you know? I don't get it, man. <laughs> I, know. I don't get it either. Walleye fishing is booming here in our local river systems, and yeah. we have some incredible stocking programs, but uh, it's not uncommon for a lot of people to catch 10-pounders. Yeah. I broke 10 pounds like half a dozen times now. My biggest walleye was 30 and a half inches, nice. just over 12 pounds. Mm -hmm. So it was within like a pound and a half of the state record. That's and awesome. our state, our state record is held by a woman named Gloria Urati, and she's had that record for like – we're getting close to 30, 40 years now, but so many people have came close to it. We just haven't broken it. But That's just, cool. Oh, we got to go to Canada. Okay, I'm going to fish for, river, for, for yeah. walleye in the backyard here. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Well, let's remember, too, like, from, you know, some of us can't even get to Canada. It's too expensive. Yeah, right. You know, us po folk. Oh, I just got, I'm just in the process of renewing my passport and, uh, I'm, I plan to go up to Canada. I mean, not soon or anything, but if I go up there, it's just going to be for northern pike or muskie. Yeah. yeah. But somewhere worthwhile. I don't want to see people if I go. I know that. Yeah. I know I'll it, probably see. I know I'll see black fi black flies and mosquitoes probably, but yeah. I don't want to see people. <laughs> you know what they always tell me every every time I talk to somebody, they're like boundary waters. You ever yeah. go to the boundary waters? It's like I know it sounds like it's a pretty amazing place, especially for a kayaker. Oh, and I've been up there a handful of times, but it's always like out of season. And uh, it was when I was younger and I wasn't quite as knowledgeable with what I was doing fishing wise. But I'd talk to the locals and everybody would be like, oh, they're out way down deep and everything. And I'd fish and fish and fish my heart out and would never even see a fish. But it was beautiful. I just wasn't there in the right time frame. But yeah. Pretty fun stuff up there in the north woods yeah it's different up there man well and even in that you know you can go i think when you're going pretty much all the way till the road ends and you can't go any farther that's where you start to find some unpressured trophy fisheries up there you know for, and, not only for pike and muskie but lake trout you know trout in general um smallmouth bass I mean, things like that. I mean, it can oh, be yeah. pretty, pretty spectacular. But, you know, you're talking driving another 10, 12, 14 hours after you cross the border, you know? So. 
Yeah, but I've never been into Canada. I've been on some, I've hiked some trails that got me really close to Canada, but I've never been there before. But I was on the gun, I went to Gunflint Trail up there okay. in northern, and uh, it was pretty desolate, and I loved it. I can move up there in a heartbeat, but winters would probably get a little boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take up hunting, man. That, that'll yep. get you through your winters. I'm the type of person that I can't, I have so many hobbies as it is. I sold a lot of my hunting stuff just to get fishing stuff. And, uh, I still got my, uh, all my bang sticks, all the very many of them, but, uh, I just kind of got out of hunting. Yeah. Just too many irons in the fire. <laughs> yeah. 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 I feel you. <laughs> well, very cool, man. Well, I think we're, we're, we're winding down here, man. You got anything else there, Jay? No, man, I'm good. I, I would, uh, I would actually say closing out. Like, what do you? Oh, see, yeah, had, uh, you know, fly, fly box. Oh, flying, flying all, flying all over. The flies are flying all over. Hey, man, this, this is like a family friendly show, dude. Put the fly porn away. I mean, jeez, dude, I have, I have flies, but not nearly that many. Um, I found this website and they were cheap, and I just stocked up. I'm the type that I don't go to the city much, so I have to like stock up in anything I find. Yeah. This was on the internet, and yep, some people buy uh, fancy houses and cars, and I just buy uh, a lot of fishing stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> whatever you like, I guess, whatever keeps you happy. And fishing stuff it comforts me. I know that for sure. <laughs> I dig it. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. Well, very cool, man. Well, um, you want to give a shout out to any of your uh, sponsors and uh just where guys and gals could follow you on social media stuff like that yeah certainly i like to thank jackson kayak bending branches ram mounts st croix fishing rods and crawdaddy outdoors um they all help me out so much and you know i probably wouldn't have been able to do a lot of things if i didn't have them on my back and uh, they helped me out a lot but Thank you guys for having me on your show. I never did anything like this, so I really didn't know what to expect. Sorry if I wasn't what you wanted me to be. No, but, no, no. You know, it was good stuff, man. Th- thanks for ha- thanks for having me. Um, you guys are always welcome in my neck of the woods. And uh, as for following me, I'm just Tanner Spidell on social media. I've got an Instagram too, but I don't have any uh, like a self fishing page. But uh, everything on my wall is family friendly so mm-hmm, cool. if anybody wanted to follow me go for it i'll ha- i'll be happy to ask questions or share stuff that you like to see hopefully heck yeah man well the invite goes both ways my friend if you want to come up here this winter as well dude do some ice fishing you're more than welcome for sure um, you just yeah. let me know let me know when things are gone and <laughs> i'll make my way up there i just if, yeah. if I don't know about it, I'm just going to focus on right here. I'm yeah, sure. focusing on my, my backyard, but if yeah, somebody yeah. knows where some fish are, I'll chase it. Right on. Dude, you know what I was thinking? Pike tacos. Ooh. I've never, I've never cleaned a pike in my life. And I will probably, I will never take a knife to a pike. I love them too much. I, I would, I would have, I would eat a stringer of largemouth bass <laughs> before I ate a Northern pike. <laughs> oh my Simba. God. He doesn't mean that, that Bass Guys. Bass Guys, he doesn't mean that. That's kind of funny. Like, don't turn the channel. Skooks, you don't keep listening. Well, no. I, I'm i the same way, man. Like, I had never cleaned a pike till this past winter when Jay was like, oh, let's cut this thing up, you know? Yeah. And I was like, uh, okay. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. know how to fillet this thing. And he's like, well, here, dude, I got a YouTube video. Pulls yeah. out his phone, pulls it up, you know? 
Next thing yeah. you know, we're making some tacos out of a pike we just caught an hour ago out of the ice, you know. But uh, it was really good, man. It's different for sure. And uh, I. I'd eat a pike in a heartbeat, but I'm not yeah. hurting my catches. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know what? Brian's Lake needs it because yeah. he's got a bunch of 25ers running around. Yeah. We're trying to weed some of those. I mean, yeah. dude, I can catch 25ers in hand your over sleep. Fist. Yeah. I mean, I caught like 20 like in a row one day, and they were all the same bugs in there. It's just like we got to thin the herd a little bit. And me eating a pike is – we're like – I think we're some of the only people that can fish for pike on that lake. Yeah. So hmm. – I don't even know if we're making a dent. There's you know? there's probably two or three other guys, but yeah. 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 It's it they, can hold I guarantee there's some big ones in there that we just haven't found yet. Oh yeah. I've hmm. seen them. I've seen them. That's for sure. Well, so. good luck. I hope you catch them. Yeah, same to you, man. Same to you. So All right, guys. Well, with that being said, till next time, tight lines, smooth paddling. Go check out the website, guys, paddle, the letter N and fin.com. Also, check out YouTube, youtube.com forward slash paddle and fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We're doing giveaways, announcements, things like that at Facebook and Instagram at paddle and fin. Shout out to our show supporters, Rocktown Adventures, Loveland Canoe and Kayak, Hammered Lures, Fish Mob Lures, TRC Covers, Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com. You can put the Paddle and Fin logo right on your catchboard. Don't forget to go over and pick up your Jig Masters jigs. Use promo code PNF20 and save 20% today. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. It helps grow the audience, helps others find our podcast. So please drop a five-star rating in on the podcast platform you're listening on. Don't forget about the recycled plastics program, you guys. Take your used plastic baits, put them in an envelope, mail them to the address in the show notes. Our man Eric Richards at Hammered Lures melts those down, makes new baits, and donates them to various chapters of Heroes on the Water. Do you love our podcast and want to help support us even more? Well, now you can. You can simply go to patreon.com forward slash paddle, the letter N, fin. Or you can also go to anchor.fm forward slash paddle, the letter N, fin.